Food allergies are often a very serious and often life-threatening concern for much of the population. Food liability is also a deep concern for anyone who operates a commercial kitchen or a restaurant or anything like that. There's a brand new restaurant here in Denver that uh, has that in mind. Uh, and it's one of the only places that I have seen personally that is willing to go out there and get food that is for the people who are allergy sensitive or food sensitive, such as the top eight food allergens, which are soy, dairy, eggs, fish, selfish, nuts, tree nuts, and wheat. Uh, Carefree Cuisine, a brand new company located in Littleton, uh, is one of the best places that you can find out there that will give you what you need to avoid a lot of these food allergies, especially if you have kids uh, who uh, go to school and they don't necessarily, public school, and they don't necessarily have the choice that is able to really get them. And maybe if you are uh, uh, putting together a lunch, you don't have everything there. This is ready-made meals that you could put and, uh, in a, a lunchbox or you can assemble yourself to like make sure your kid uh, avoids all the uh, the foods that will trigger their allergies. Uh, there is a brand new heart carefree harvest uh, selection um, that contains low fat uh, and low calorie recipes as well. Um, they really just have everything you need. Uh, they are at carefreecuisine.com. Their physical address is thirty six fifteen West Bulls Avenue, Unit One in Littleton. Um, Please do check them out. There are this is one of the best ideas I can remember of trying to just get food sensitivity and get it all into one place so you only have a one-stop shop to get what you need to get through the day and to have a really good tasty meals as well. Once again, they are carefreecuisine.com. They are located at 3615 West Bulls Avenue, Unit 1 in Littleton. When you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, the Nuggets begin, and, and we, we they say it's the second half, but it's not. There's only have 27 games left, but post All Star break stretch of their uh, season begins now, tonight as they play the Oklahoma City Thunder. And uh, one of the thoughts that occurred to me as we enter into the second half is, for the better part of two years, maybe even a little over two years, Gary Harris has been uh, in, they call it a slump, but maybe we should reterm this for Gary Harris. He has maybe regressed to what he was when he came out of college. Um in Gary Harris's rookie season, he really was plagued by the fact that he couldn't shoot. Uh, his shooting form uh, wasn't tremendous, and in fact, one of the knocks on him, despite coming out of Michigan State, was the fact that he just wasn't an accomplished offensive player, but he was very dogged on the defensive end, as are a lot of the players that come out of Tom Izzo's Michigan State program. Uh, one of the big problems with Gary, his rookie year, confounded, compounded by the fact that uh, Brian Shaw kind of buried him uh, on the Nuggets bench, is that Gary, his offense was extremely inconsistent, and he wouldn't, 
uh, when teams would back off of his shooting, he could, he wasn't quite explosive enough to uh, get to the rim. And then teams would kind of put him in with a bigger player and exploit him on defense, which is always going to be a problem with Gary because he's a six foot four shooting guard. But after Michael Malone came in, he gets got some consistent minutes and really did uh, kind of flourish for about a season and a half. And in particular, um, well, maybe two seasons, I'd say, um, 15, 16, and 16, 17, um, were really renaissance years. And then 17, 18, the uh, year the Nuggets barely missed the playoffs, he was probably at his peak. But he kind of tailed off at the end of that season. And it was probably something that was to be expected. The Nuggets did aren't playing the same offense that they did in 2016 and 17 when Chris Finch was here. Um, they have played a a much different style. Um, they are much more controlled, and a lot of their uh, offense depends on spot shooting. Uh, dribble handoffs at the three-point line. Um, and Nikola Jokic was very good at getting, you know, shooting available for these people. And it doesn't depend nearly as much on cutting as the offense did in 2016-17. It's a different offense. It's run by uh, David Adelman. Uh, David Adelman runs a different offense than Chris Finch. And um, this offense is not necessarily suited as well for Gary Harris as those offenses, but let's face it, when Adelman took over the offense in 17-18, he still had his what his best year. Uh, who can forget the game-winning shot that Gary Harris hit uh, to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder? Great contested three-point shot over Russell Westbrook. I mean, every, everyone remembers that. Um and it's been an interesting change, but once again, I kind of want to refocus people and say, in Gary Harris's career, he essentially has a two-year section where he became a good shooter and was a great cutter. And a lot of things opened up for that. The Nuggets' defense wasn't exactly as good as it was uh, then as it is, well, quote, now, but still... Was that offense kind of worked with him, but at the same time, I always felt it was not necessarily 100% reflective of Gary's abilities. Um, Gary is a dogged defensive player and a great cutter. And the Nuggets don't cut nearly as much as they used to. And they really depend a lot on these dribble handoffs. And Jamal Murray has the ball in his hand quite a bit. Um, now, um, even though it's kind of a, it's kind of a change, you know, you got you got uh, Jokic and and Murray kind of like doing their two man game thing, but a lot more than say his rookie year, uh, Jamal has the ball in his hands. And what we have seen the last few years with Gary is that he tends to not be able to overcome certain limitations that he has always had. And some of those limitations manifest themselves 
in particularly in lineups that feature Tory Craig. Um, this Nuggets team, when they have both Craig and Gary Harris in the lineup, have become an offensive minus. And we're talking about when they talk about an extended slump for Gary Harris. It's not extended slump when it's two years, essentially. This whatever's going on with Gary is maybe what he is. And and some players, when they spend more time on defense, um, it affects their offense. And I th- would say that that probably is true with Gary. Gary um, is, I mean, it, it, there's people who don't agree with this, and I don't see why. You spend more energy on defense than you do offense. It is just, it is, it is one of those things. It's why defensive, great defensive players tend not to be great offensive players. Um, it's all about where you devote your time. It's all about where you devote your energy. And the best NBA players who win defensive player and are are able to do offense is like they know when to pick their spots. As I said in the last podcast, picking your spots is more valuable than doing one thing all the time, which can lead to inevitable burnout and can really limit your ceiling if you're all offensive and a no-defensive kind of player. Gary Harris, when he goes all out on defense, it really affects his offense. And in, and in turn, the whole Nuggets team, when they go all in on defense, it affects their offense. And Gary team seems to suffer from that more than any other player. And I cannot get through this podcast without talking about Gary Harris's injuries. Um, much of them have been leg-related. And this has been something that has followed him his entire professional career. Um, Gary does get injured. Gary, Gary does sit out for large stretches of time. Um, and that inevitably will affect you, much like it did Danilo Gallinari, much like it could affect other players. Extended stretches away from the game will set you back. Kind of, this is a game where you kind of, even if you do take a couple games off, you're still, quote, within the structure and flow of the game. If you're out for two, three, four weeks, it's hard to get back. What the Nuggets did with Paul Millsap and getting him back was tremendous. Putting him on the bench was a tremendous idea, and I really like the fact that they did that, uh, having him be first off the bench and stuff like that. He will probably inevitably end up in the starting lineup again. But that was that was a great great move, and it really unlocked a bit of their their uh, uh, second unit. But with players coming back, with Michael Porter Jr. finally healthy after hurting his ankle uh, against Utah a few weeks back, um, now the team is starting to get fully healthy. Will Barton is questionable for tonight's game. Now they can start experimenting with lineups, and. I think lineups on the in this occasion when it has affects Gary Harris is very simple. If Gary can't provide offense in tandem with Tory Craig in the same lineup, the Nuggets need to pick and choose those combinations and maybe limit them because as bad as Tory is on offense, he's been more consistent at least than Gary has. But they're both offensive minuses at this point. And if this continues for Gary, the Nuggets are going to need to stagger this to where they're not in the same lineup at the same time. 
because you're, then you're playing essentially three on five teams, pack the paint, muddy the offense, and it just becomes becomes really hard to function on your offense. And after this break, I will tell you what the Nuggets can do as they approach the playoffs to remedy this situation. Before I continue, I'd like to talk about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. If you are like me and you enjoy wine, or if you like going to a location and just kind of having a chill moment or enjoying a relaxing evening with friends, Blanchard is the place to go. I, I kind of have moved this away from just this wine-specific thing to just talking about the fact that when you go into the place, it's beautiful. When you go into Blanchard, it's just a great place to sit, talk, and converse with friends and have a good time. You know, if you're my age, which is in your, you know, approaching your mid-40s, um, it, is, it is a good place to just kind of relax and enjoy life. Um, and that's one of the big things that I look for in restaurants and uh, bars and and uh, and in any sort of establishment sort of like this is that uh, they got Pinot, uh, particularly since they have a vineyard in Sonoma County, California. Uh, they also have a partnership with a Grand Junction or excuse me, a Western Slope uh, vineyard uh, called uh, yeah, and Storm Cellars, and they've got Rieslings which are tremendous. Uh, I don't really like Rieslings, but these were really, really good. Um, I had them the last time I was there a few weeks ago. Uh, anyway, it's great. Uh, they got a knowledgeable, friendly staff who will treat you right and will really kind of walk you through, even if you're a wine novice and you're not really, you know, it's your first exposure to it, Help have them guide you through and help you out, and it'll be fun. It'll be bring some friends, come in with a laptop, enjoy a chill afternoon, whatever it is, Blanchard is the place for you. Uh, They are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. Once again, they are located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. When you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSU Podcast sent you. As the Nuggets explore different lineup combinations and different things they can do as they're starting to get healthy heading towards the downstretch to the playoffs, maybe we need to look at this as a chance to mitigate some of the issues that Gary has had until he can maybe get more consistent. I'm not asking Gary Harris to become Clay Thompson. I'm asking Gary Harris to just you know be more no more O of thir- one of thirteen day- nights. Okay. Um, Having, even if you're not shooting much, you have to make yourself available, which means finding a way to cut. I know the Nuggets offense, as I explained earlier, doesn't feature cutting nearly as much as they used to. Um, really, they, you, Gary has to make himself a weapon. He has to make himself serious. Um, there were times during his slump he wasn't even shooting. Teams are backing off of him, as I said, and those lineup combinations with him and Torrey Craig are kind of brutal offensively, and they need to kind of find a way to adjust past that. So here is my kind of solution. Uh, with my MPJ back, and, you know, McCray is a, is a good shooter, and look, even Noah Vonley shot a three in the last, uh, in the game against the Lakers. Um, what the Nuggets need to do is kind of if Gary's not doesn't have it, understand where he can work defensively. Um, Gary is extremely valuable on defense. He was great 
uh, in combo with uh, Tory Craig in the Portland series on Damian Lillard. Um, and he need you need that. I'm completely on board with needing Gary for defensive purposes, particularly to shut down um, some people. So what we, you can do is maybe if Gary's struggling and you really want to keep Tory Craig out there, sprinkling MPJ. He's long, and have Tory cover the smaller player. Uh, MPJ is obviously not going to give you a tremendous amount defensively, but he is long, and he covers a lot of ground. And that is probably another element the Nuggets are missing with Gary out there, since he's so small. Um, mix him in there with Tory, and then put uh, Gary back in with a lineup featuring maybe McCray, kind of things that where the Nuggets can kind of mitigate the lack of shooting because where the what they've been doing is kind of putting both Tory and Gary out there and it it becomes muddled um particularly at the start of each quarter it's it's good defensively but not as great offensively and you need balance and this is a time for Malone to kind of sprinkle in and figure out how he's going to approach this offensively when you get to the playoffs it's different people need to get out of their mind that you need to set a rotation for the playoffs no you don't Playoffs are completely matchup based, and series take on a life of their own. There are adjustments made throughout, and that is a completely different thing. What you need to do in the regular season is get wins, um, and maybe at this time, maybe if they can try to get Gary a little better, more consistent, and put him with better offensive players, and put Tory with better offensive players. Uh, rather than having Gary and Tory kind of out there in combo, which would... I'm not saying they shouldn't start together. I'm saying that maybe the they should experiment a little earlier in the game uh, with different lineups. Um, and this is the time to do it. Uh, the Nuggets' schedule is not as brutal as it was through January and February. My God, I don't know how they won that many games uh, with as many three games and four nights and back-to-backs that they had. Um, I am stunned that they made it through that, considering all the injuries. That is pretty tremendous. Um, So I'm not going to question uh, this team's effort or energy. I will say the only thing they need to do is find the right lineup combinations. And as for Gary, as I said before, it's not about him making him 2016-2018 Gary. Okay. Um, I don't necessarily, as I pointed out, I don't think that necessarily was the real Gary Harris. He's kind of gone back to the way he always was, but he, the way he was coming out of Michigan State was a great defensive player and someone with a tough reputation who can really lock someone down. And if you're going to have someone at the two spot like that, or maybe who can lock down a point guard, uh, really, that person is extremely valuable. And that's where Gary's largely, his value is. The problem is you have, as I said, it's in combo with Tory. So you have two players who aren't necessarily good offensively. Now, as I said, tory has been more consistent than Gary uh, lately. But um, really, if you're going to have a a lineup out there like that, you need to have it on a shorter leash and understand who's out there and maybe maybe sprinkle in a little more, get MPJ in there a little earlier, get McCray in there earlier, get Kate Bates Diop in there if you want to spell, you know, 
You know, Will Barton's still injured. This is a time to kind of experiment with this. Who knows? That's what I'm saying. As for Gary, I like Gary a lot. He's been here since 2014. He is now, I think, the old, the longest-serving Denver Nugget. So he deserves the benefit of the doubt, and he will get the benefit of the doubt, but I hope that he is able to find at least a little more consistency um, and make himself a threat. And if he's able to do that, the Nuggets will be unlocked, and they will be able to take that, that next step that we're really all hoping that they do. And this 27-game stretch is the time to find out. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Morecast. I will be talking to you really soon. Goodbye.